Hey everyone, Sujan Patel here, a CEO and founder of Mailshake. I'm here with Alexine Boudoir, CEO of Women in Sales. And she's a CEO. She's already uh, hit 20, 32% of her annual quota by the end of Q1. And it's only, it's only May. Welcome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping on and excited to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me, Sujan. And I actually am, we're over 50% officially. So things oh, wow, nice. quickly, but that's a good thing. So yeah, still on a quota, still holding myself accountable, but I uh, excited to be here. Uh, would love for you to just do a quick intro and then we'll jump in. Absolutely. So, so yeah, my name is Alexine Mudoir. Um, as mentioned, I'm CEO of Women in Sales. My background prior to my current role was I spent 10 years in enterprise sales working for exclusively tech startups. So a lot of uh, first in to help build enterprise, a lot of kind of building as we were driving the car and a lot of a lot of cold calling over the years and a lot of prospecting. Nice. And uh, we were just talking offline before this, like being a CEO, AE, you never you never stop selling, right? Like I. <laughs> I am, I'm doing like sales either to rally my team around selling them on the vision, uh, so they can all execute kind of in, a, in, in that same direction. Or sometimes I even jump in on these sales calls or like run into folks that are potential customers and I'm like, shoot, I thought I could not, could, I, I didn't think I need to be great at this. I, and, and you went from AE to CEO. How's that, how's that transition been? Yeah, it's kind of like comedic on some level because I'm like, oh my God, my day is so similar to what it used to be when I was in the AEC. I just get the lovely addition of all the other roles too. So I remember for me personally, I was like, I always wanted to make it to the C-suite. And so for me, I ended up promoting myself, which a lot of people are doing right now. And it's so funny because you wait and wait and wait to get to that role. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, here's your CFO title. Here's your chief customer officer title. Here's COO. Now you have to do all of them simultaneously. And it's definitely a lot of work. Um, but the sales part of it did not change really that much from when I was in the AEC to now. And I'm actually taking more sales calls today than I was when I was working full time as an AE. So if anything, I'm I, I just call myself an SDR now. I'm like, I'm I'm an SDR. I'm prospecting. I'm taking sales calls all the time. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you're wearing 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 multiple hats. So, how the heck did you hit fifty percent quota? You know, by May. Yeah. So this is interesting because this was the part that was like for me. I had been. I had always had like a hand in like helping with pricing and deciding what pricing structure looked like. A lot of this was iteration. So we went through like a few, I think at least three iterations of like what our pricing structure was going to be, how we were going to run our partnerships program, how sponsorships were going to be set up. Um, and so that took a lot of kind of like A-B testing and seeing like what resonated. And then a big piece of it as well was also figuring out what is my discovery call look like? Because I think when I left the AE seat, I was like, no more disco calls, no more demos. Um, but the reality is, of course, I'm still doing discovery. I'm still constantly like sharing resources and walking through things with people. So a lot of that didn't go away. And so much of this was figuring out what are the questions? Like I definitely went through some bad calls where it was just like, I could tell like the energy wasn't there and I could tell like I was missing and not checking the box on certain things. So I had to kind of go back and figure out like, what are the key pieces of information I want to distill from every one of these conversations? 
what's going to be really important to these companies? How do we kind of marry their initiatives, what, what we're offering, and how do we kind of bring that all together? And then sort of had a realization moment a couple months in, and I was like, wow, this is exactly what an AE role is. I'm just looking at what's what's important to the company, what they're prioritizing, and matching that with what my product, whatever I'm offering is. And a lot of that is done through the discovery process. And so much of what I've learned is very iterative, and some of it's been painful, and I've made tons and tons of mistakes. But you know, then for every 10 mistakes, one good thing happens and, and one deal closes and it's pretty cool. So it's been interesting to watch um, and been interesting to be in the driver's seat for. Love it. Uh, and what what advice could you give uh, AEs now that you're on the, in the CEO seat? You know, you're looking back at your AE role. Would you have done anything different or any 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 things to help AEs fast track kind of development and growth? Yeah, I think the one thing that I, which is ironic, the one thing I felt I was really strong at as an account executive was being very organized. Like I take very meticulous notes in the CRM system. I am very organized with my calendar. I live and die by it. I have like a task kind of system for the day. I manage my calendar just like really down to the minute. And so I felt really good about that. But then when I stepped into the CEO role, it kind of like took it, it like kicked it up a notch. Like it was, it was a lot, like all of that had to go up even like 10 more levels. So I felt like here's this area that I'm really good at, like structuring my day and making sure I have everything that's getting accomplished. And then once I had all these other priorities jump on my plate, I was like, oh wow, now this like really, I have to get ultra, ultra structured. And so like one of the things a bunch of people made fun of me for was I was like, I got a, a Salesforce instance, like women in sales has a Salesforce instance. And people are like, what a waste of money. Um, just manage it in Excel. And I was like, no, I can't. Like I have to manage the things the same way I did as an AE. So I would say if you're an AE and I've, I've been you before, if you are, um, who's disorganized or doesn't have like a system and isn't good at like inputting notes or kind of like transferring data and making sure like everything's up to date. If you ever want to go down like the CEO path, it's, it's going to be a non-negotiable. Like you're going to have to level that up. So the sooner you can get to that in your AE role, the better, because it's only going to serve you long term. So I know we all hate like the the manager who's like, where's the notes in the CRM? Like, are your off notes updated? But the reality is like, I, you know, I now that I'm in this seat, I understand like they're not doing it for fun. They're not enjoying following up with you. It's this is like critical information that needs to be stored somewhere. And so I would say that's the biggest piece of advice. If you're someone that's not organized, get organized. If you're someone that's already organized, figure out how you can take that up a notch and start to make your life even easier. I love it. I love how you're building the right. It, it, I look at like notes, doing everything you described, CRM, even at, you know, solo sales rep, CEO selling, 20 person, 50 person, 100 person team. These are the building blocks of, of an efficient and, and repeatable sales org, right? You, if you, when you start to hire two, three, four, five reps, build out the team, they're going to look back at all the things you did and learn from you. And by doing the work now, you're just like copy and pasting links into a doc and like, Hey, look at all the notes here. Follow this versus, okay, now huh, we got to slow down before we can speed up. And you know, when you're ready to speed up, you have to slow down versus doing it right from the beginning. And I, I think I, 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 um, I echo kind of the organization and the right building blocks because one, I've done it wrong many times and I've always paid like a hundred X the price in time and even money. Um, 
when I do it later, right? Like it's just so easy to do it later. Um, but also, um, when I, the, the times I've done it right, like when we started Mailshake, everything was just kind of, I was like, I want to make sales like a repeatable process. Mm-hmm. You know, we know the personas we want. We know what personas don't fit. We have, we use scorecards, metrics. We have all the things we want. And if someone fits in the org and, and they, they're going to hit the ground running and every hire we've made or our head of sales has made, the onboarding time, the time to where they're closing deals has shrunk from like, I think mm-hmm. it was like two months and it was, I think at one point it's like 90 days and now it's like two weeks, they can go and then within a month they're at 40% close rate. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's employee number 30 on the sales team, right? 30th hire. Uh, but anyways, I, I totally hear you on that. Um, so. Uh, last question here is what are, uh, you know, founders, CEOs doing their own sales? Is there, are there any tips or advice you can, you can give them on selling and, 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 and doing sales in general? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually, even to your last question, this probably kind of like bleeds into what you were just asking. I think one of the biggest learning moments I had at least, you know, I just finished my first full quarter as CEO. Um, you know, of course, monetarily things going well, which is great. Um, but tons of learnings that people never see behind the scenes. I try to share some of it on social, but you know, there's a lot that happens. I think my biggest learning in particular in an area that I would definitely urge other CEOs, founders to kind of dig into was actually qualifying out because my calendar like a couple of months ago was insane. It's still insane. It was like more insane a couple of months ago, but it was just littered with like meetings and I was getting really frustrated like probably two or three months ago I was really starting to get like frankly kind of annoyed with my calendar because I was like these are meetings that I'm going into knowing we're not going to like win this and what why am I spending the time here like this isn't a good use of my time it's not a good use of my company's time it's taking me away from projects that I want to be working on um so it actually got me to a really good place where I'm almost like gating my own time now where I'm like hey I've had conversations, you know, we were getting one particular title, for example, that kept reaching out and looking to schedule meetings. And I watched over the course of like 10 to 15, I watched like 10 to 15 of these deal cycles and they all crashed and burned. And I was like, this isn't our title. Like we can't sell to this title. We don't have an offering for this title today. And so what I started doing was just being really honest. Like as these people were reaching out to me, I was like, hey, um, we've talked to a number of folks that are in the same role as you. What we've identified is we don't have an offering for you today. And I just want to be really transparent about that. What this looks like is we work really well with X, Y, and Z teams internally at your company. If you're willing to make a referral for me there, that would be incredible. And then by the time we kind of work with that team, we'll likely have launched what's going to work really well for your team. And I'd love to kind of bring you back into the fold, but I don't want to waste either of our times. So I just started being like really really upfront and really honest and people appreciate it. They were like, oh, thanks so much for like, you know, they don't want to spend 30 minutes of their time and waste it either. And so I think that was probably like one of the biggest things. It sounds so obvious, but figuring out like, what is your ideal customer profile? Like what is what contacts are actually going to move the needle for your deal? And and starting there, because if you don't, you're going to be where I was a couple months ago, where you're just taking like 10 to 15 extra meetings a week and totally just inundating your calendar. And then I'm zapped for the really good meetings. Like my energy's gone. I'm like depleted. And then the the good meetings that are actually winnable, I don't, I can't bring it all to the table. And so I think it's just really, really critical to understand the ICP, which I feel like if someone would have told me that like five years ago, I would have groaned, but it's, it's very uh-huh. real. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I totally, totally hear you on like, it's quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And it feels good. Like quantity feels good when yes. you hit those like, <laughs> I've got 30 meetings booked this week or like this, this month. Well, what if like six of them are the ones that are like the hitters, right? Like the ones that are going to be movers. And I love that fact that you're like, you're just being upfront and honest with yourself doing the ICP work at the beginning or even prior. Uh, super important. I, I, you know, we at Mailshake, we switched to a yearly plan. We're pretty much moving that market into the kind of mid market upper SMB. And we are able to close more revenue with one fifth of the leads. Mm-hmm. And, and it all comes down to, we went laser focus on ICP and we said no. And it was scary. We said no to 80% of customers that used wow. to come to the door. We pretty much priced them out. And, um, and what we're building for small and growing sales teams. That's it. There are other use cases, shut the door, let's go. And, you know, as a CEO, I, you can make that decision, right? It's mm-hmm. definitely not easy. We've had so much pain to go through it. But a year later, we're like, oh, magically our ACV increased 5X. AK, we got the same revenue that we did from, you know, 5X the customers with from like one fifth and just significant more value. And, and anyways, my point is, uh, that laser focus as a CEO, especially if you're doing sales, uh, so important, so hard to, so easy to not be focused. Yes. And morale, like think about, you know, we're in two different places here. Like you have a lot of, you know, you have reps on your team that are looking up to you. I have myself, but morale is equally as important because for me, if I'm going in to the ring over and over and over again and losing, it's going to take a beating. Like I noticed like my tone was kind of off. Like I just felt like a little defeated. I already was like anticipating a loss. And that's like the opposite of my nature. And so that was the other reason I was like, I can't go down this path anymore. And then for you, you have reps, you know, for them, I'm sure, you know, once you made that transition and those close ratios started going up, their morale probably went up too, because who doesn't want to be somewhere where your close rates are are higher? And it makes it winning more fun. It makes the deal cycle more more real because you know if you have like a hundred leads and only you know only five of them are going to close it's like it's hard to kind of grind through those other 95 but if you have like a hundred leads and you know that 50 of them are going to close like i'm i'm coming 100 percent to every one of those because i have a 50 50 shot so i think really getting i think what you're talking about too it's just like getting really focused figuring out what you can go after what's actually winnable and then also balancing that with kind of like the mental exhaustion of any sales role of as a leader, as an individual contributor, as both, um, and and really keeping that morale piece high because that's going to really dictate how you do long term too. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. Like this is all like you don't you you do this piece right, everything kind of cascades, and 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 really, it seems to be the theme of this conversation is get the building blocks right. CEO, AE whatever role you're in foundation matters and then everything kind of can build on top of that you have a weak foundation it's just going to crumble uh, and and again like i keep hearing you like don't do things that make you feel good do the hard things right mm-hmm. uh, it's uh there's a book the hard thing about the hard things from ben horitz mm-hmm. uh and i was just like oh it, great book for first time ceos but and i have to say with the just the 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 amount of 
just structure you brought into a CEO role. You're it, even though you've only been at one quarter, I feel like you're far ahead of of most other CEOs because you're productive. You're you're closing deals and and that's awesome. You you know closing half the year's deals in in a quarter is just it, it's amazing. And again, yourself. Um, Thank so. You. Where can people go to find you? I believe you've got some some new new projects and new things coming out. Would you mind sharing the details? Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, so first, where you can find me, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I am a total night owl. So if you message me, you'll get a message back between the hours of like one to two a.m. Uh, that's just my LinkedIn and mail time frame. Uh, but definitely in uh, on LinkedIn under my personal page, Alexine Mudoir. And then we have a page for women in sales as well, where we post all of our content, upcoming events, webinars, um, fun stuff we're doing. So definitely follow women in sales because that's where all the cool stuff happens. And we have an accompanying uh, Slack community for women in sales as well, where folks can join. It's completely free for members and you're able to engage in conversations. We have Slack channels that are dedicated to negotiating salary and compensation. We have ones for parenthood and motherhood. We have ones for anything you can imagine basically at this point, as well as regional channels. So definitely encourage folks to go there. And then we will be um, launching something in just uh, just a month or two here. Uh, but my friend Sholly Reed and I are leading a podcast that is gonna be all about interviewing folks who are first gen in sales. And the way that we define that was anybody that's first of their family born outside of home country. So we'll share both of our own stories and we'll be interviewing uh, guests for the show as well that have their own stories and talking about what the cultural influence has been as it pertains to their journey and revenue. And and we won't just be interviewing salespeople, we're, we're leaving it open to revenue. So it's gonna be folks from CS, it's gonna be folks from, from sales, from account management, um, but we're gonna pull all these stories together. And I think we're gonna learn some really impactful things. So I'm super excited. Love it. Love it. I, I thank you so much for supporting the, uh, really leveling up the whole sales ecosystem. Sales leaders, my guys out there, slack your team, just the whole team join this community, right? Um, encourage your, your, your reps to join. And if you're a male AE, you're female AE, female AE, just join the community. It's awesome. You're not alone. There's stuff going on. I believe Maggie and, and a few of my, yeah. uh, women reps actually oddly enough we we used to be a, a bunch of dudes at, at the company and that's just natural like easily to do that but uh we're like now i think like 75 mostly somehow we like we made a big focus and then we just <laughs> flip-flop yeah and so now like we need some we need like some more uh testosterone here just to like balance out the like the culture and whatnot anyways it like once we got two or three women, they were able, like, we, we they created their own Slack channel inside of our, mm -hmm. you know, company Slack. And they, I just saw them as different people because they're like, oh, we're not alone. Right. As soon as there's two or three, I'm like, oh, we all have this problem. I, I mean, I'm obviously not a the woman in sales, but like, uh, join the Slack, join the webinars and, uh, check out that podcast. Thank you so much for, uh, jumping on. I learned a lot. Thank you. Yeah. And we do have one last thing. We do have men that are involved in women in sales too. So we have a lot of men who are in sales leadership roles who show up to events, lead events for us or um, join in in the Slack community. So it's open to anyone to join. Um, it's just, you're going to see a lot of women's voices elevated in it. So thanks for having me on, Sujan. Uh, this has been amazing and just really enjoyed our conversation. So happy selling everyone. Likewise. Likewise.